Welcome, everybody, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast brought to you by Mountain Ops. Mountain Ops is a supplement company that specializes in the needs of the hunter. If you need a little more protein in your diet, boom, hit up the Magnum. Three different sources of protein in there, so it absorbs in your body at different points in time, making it last longer so you can get stronger. You can also check out their Yeti pre-workout, perfect for hitting max lifts, PRs, getting your head in the game, and getting after it. They also have Enduro. For those of you who are a little more cardio-based in your workouts, looking to charge hard for long hours at a time. Without further ado, let's fire this puppy up. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast. Tonight, I am joined by my esteemed colleague and uh, partner in arms, Phil Big Sexy Mendoza. And tonight, (laughs) hey, Phil, I was wondering if you were going to say something. I was getting nervous. I'm here, man. I'm here. I, I left you that wide opening for you to come on in. I gotta hesitate with that intro still, man. That big sexy thing. I got people walking around calling me big sexy at the shop, and I is gotta it watch that on? because I, I am I'm a happily married man, and uh, I just gotta be careful with that. I hear you, big sexy. <laughs> yeah. I don't go. think it's going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately for you. <laughs> and tonight we are joined by Jace Bowserman, who is a writer and editor for Bow Hunting World magazine, one of the top bow hunting magazines out on the market today. It's actually one I get which I didn't even put two and two together until I just looked up online to make to, to, to check it again. And I was like when Phil and I were talking, it was like, I think I get that magazine. I'm not sure how I got that magazine, but I'm pretty sure I get that magazine. Like many of the magazines that show up. It's like, you know, you order them, you forget about them, then it's like, all right, renew, renew. Next thing you know, they just keep coming in. You're trying to explain to your wife why you need five or six bow hunting magazines. <laughs> well, well, you definitely need that one. Welcome to the show, Jace, man. How's it going? Thanks. Oh, it's going great, Phil. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I've uh, been looking forward to doing this with you guys. So uh, yeah. listen to several of your podcasts and, uh, you know, um, just asking you about that sheep a little while ago. So yeah, no, <laughs> we, we can't talk about hunting yet. So we had to cut it off. Well, you know, Will, you know, always want to throw a wrench in the in the in the bow hunting talk but uh listen if i if, if the listeners if it's not being recorded and the listeners can't hear it it doesn't count <laughs> it doesn't count <laughs> so so jace uh you know you you live here in colorado uh, on the yep. southern end of the state and and i i mean you just the last the last magazine that that you guys put out you know there's you got two or three articles in there you're busy, man. I mean, I see you, I see you traveling. I see you hunting on, on social media. And tell us a little bit about the day-to-day grind of, of what you do and, and kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff because, honestly, I've, you know, I know a little bit about a little bit, enough to be dangerous on, on the magazine side of stuff. But we're right. curious to hear about really how much, um, you know, what the different intricacies of what, what you do as an editor for the magazine, what does that, what does that entail? Yeah, that's 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 a good question. Um, it is you hit the you hit the word the nail on the head with the word grind. I mean, it really is. Um, basically, my day usually starts around five um, five in the morning. A lot of our clients are uh, are on uh, eastern eastern time zone. You know, <clears throat> bow hunter numbers east west the Mississippi that whole deal. So, I'm up early answering emails. Um, get get a lot of conference calls and a lot of things knocked out early. I like to get all my emails handled and then pretty much just go straight into um, <clears throat> what depends on the day, whether I'm, I'm editing articles or uh, writing some of my own, but usually it's a combination of both. Usually I'll spend time, usually I spend a good chunk of the day editing articles that I bought from freelancers, planning future issues, um, and then doing doing my own articles. And then, uh, you know, somewhere in between there, I usually got to go uh, pick up a kid and, and one of our, my wife and I have three three kids and three wonderful kids. And so I got to commute them around and, uh, when she's working and then uh, I got to find time during the day to make sure I get out. And, um, you know, we got a lot of equipment testing. We do, we try to be as real as we possibly can. We try to give as much information as we possibly can. So a lot of stuff with bow testing, broadhead testing, equipment testing, and then just shooting my bow myself. And then, uh, then I always make sure at uh, some point during the day, I get my run in for the day. And, um, 
about 9.30 or so, my wife and I retire on the couch for, for one of our shows that, uh, that we like to watch together. And uh, that's really about it. Um, I coach my son's football team, coach his baseball team, uh, basketball team. So, you know, it's, it's running and gunning um, <laughs> uh, pretty much 24-7. So uh, my wife's always concerned that I'm going to burn myself out and run myself too thin. But, uh, you know, you got to feel blessed to be able to do be in this industry and once you're in you know you um one of my mentors once told me you need to wake up scared every morning and work as hard as you can to make sure that you're staying um staying in touch with 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 everything and 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 not forgetting how you got there and and just keep that real solid work ethic so when i get tired and i get run down that's something i i try to remind myself and uh you know, and then when it's hunting season, like turkey season, it was a mad scramble, and and those 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 are the fun times. You know, that's what you work so hard for. So, it's uh it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun too. No man, that that's it. I mean, it's I've on on the other podcast I do the championship bowling. So I talked to uh, yeah. a friend of mine, Andrew Munsell, last year about a topic that he's had a couple articles published in some magazines, and and it's something that a lot of us that's that's what that's what we we dream about right we want to be on that that uh, awesome hunt come back write a story about it get it published in a magazine you know some guys want to be on the tv show some guys want to be in the magazines and you get to you get to call you you get to do that you know 24 7 and and maybe more so um Sorry guys, I got. I'm here at the shop, and that's the dart system going off behind me. <laughs> that's all right. I got my my family's in the next room, so my kids will probably be filtering in from time to time and uh, all that good stuff. So it's, that's 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 what makes it fun because it's real. It's all good, man. Uh, but yeah, so you know, and then and then having the like I said, you're you're almost the uh, the facilitator, the the organizer, right? Because, like you said, you, you work yep. on other other magazine articles. So you're you're putting everything yep. together. You're kind of the uh, the the gatekeeper of of what goes in, and it's it's a yep. it's it's very. In, it, I can see it, man. I'm look. I'm flipping through the pages. I'm reading articles, and I'm I'm like, man, you know, there's a lot that goes on here. From like you said, the early editing to layout to the pictures to the ads and everything else. Yep. And is is has it come to a point yet where you're like, this is this is so much just the job or are you still very passionate about what you're doing oh no i i think it's i'm still super passionate i i I always said when i when my passion for something runs out then then you don't need to be doing it anymore because then then it's then it's gonna then you're gonna start faking it and then when you fake it especially in this industry it seems like you know a poser uh gets gets spotted pretty fast so you know it's it is it, it is a lot um just just in the just in the day to day, and and you know we we go to a press with bow hunting world nine times a year, plus we have our digital um, we have our digital issues that we put out that are digital only, and then we have our website which is uh, www.grandviewoutdoors.com. I try to keep a running blog going on that during deer season, during turkey season, where I'm kind of doing semi live updates from the field. Um, I try to video my hunts. Um, do some kind of editing, nothing fancy like just basically iMovie. Toss stuff up there and then we also have a trade book which is uh, archery business and that's our trade magazine and uh i'm the associate editor for that title so uh that one you know just as involved with that side of things as i am with bow hunting world so between the two you know just print titles we're going 18 times a 18 times a year to, wow. to, to press and it's just me my associate editor and my art director so between the three of us it's um it's a lot of phone time and it's just uh sometimes we just you know, it's that panic of, I don't, I don't, I don't know how we're going to get this done, you know, and we just kind of said the other day, if, if all three of us, we all seem to panic at different times, and if all three of us ever decide to panic at once, we're in trouble. <laughs> the train is going to go off the track. <clears throat> no, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, kudos goes out to you guys, because like I said, it's, it, it's, it's something I get, it's one of the few magazines I do get regularly, and um, the, it, it's, it's always, I mean, it's always good content, and I like to see it. I mean, you guys, and, and correct me, like you just mentioned earlier, the, the, the vast number of, of bow hunters is out east, right? So the, the, right, the whitetail content and the, the different um, topics on, you know, food plots and this and that, I don't hunt that style of hunting that much. Right, right. But because right. of that, it still intrigues me because I'm, you know, I'm not saying I know everything with elk hunting or mule deer hunting. I don't. I'll be the first one to tell you I don't. 
but yeah. I'm, I'm more likely to actually pick up something and read an article from a topic that I'm not as familiar with mm -hmm. just because it's, I'm intrigued by it. Right. I'm like, well, what is yeah. it to that? You know, what is, you know, what is it about really figuring out why, you know, these animals are patterning this way and, and uh, it's it, it's interesting, and, and like you said, you grew up here in Colorado, so you grew yep. up sorry, on the border of kind of whitetail country to the west, right? You're in that transition yeah. range, yep, yep. so you, you got your hands in everything. Yeah, I mean, like right here where I live, it's a unique part of the area because I would say uh, I'd say it's fifty fifty. You know, I'd say it's fifty percent mule deer, fifty percent whitetail deer. Um, Kansas is I can be in Kansas in less than two hours. I can be to Nebraska in less than two hours. Um, but I didn't, I didn't start out hunting whitetails. Like, uh, when I, when I was hunting and I was hunting three species a year, big game in Colorado, you know, when I was hunting antelope elk and, and mule deer, it was always mule deer. And, uh, when I, when I got, when I started, when I started writing more, uh, as a freelancer, it, it became very apparent. And I had several great editors, uh, Mike Strandland, who was the editor of the magazine. I'm, you know, bow hunting world, Dwight Shue. I mean, they basically came to me and said, you know, We'd love to buy more from you, but the majority of our readers want to read whitetail stories, so you need to kill some whitetails. And so that's, I mean, that that was, you know, if you want to write more hunting stories, because to make it as a freelancer, I mean, you know, I made my living as a freelance writer, and it's 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 crazy. I mean, you can only sell so many hunting stories, so you got a lot of write a gear, a lot of gear features and technical features and stuff like that. But to sell more hunting features, I had to go hunt more whitetails. And that really opened my eyes because for me, it, it was a new world. I mean, being in a tree was pure torture at first, man. I mean, it was just, I was horrible. I mean, I was, I was basically wasting my time because I'd be up there for like 30 minutes and I'd be like, yep, time to get down. And then I'd go thinking I could slip all over the, you know, um, and, and, and spot and stock and, and, and do things the way I mule deer hunted. And the learning curve was, was huge. It was just, it was, it was huge. But, but now, I mean, I love hunting whitetails. I mean, I absolutely crave it. So it's, uh, it was awesome to be able to do that. And I still get to hunt everything out West. I just, I do make a lot of trips. Um, by, by the end of December every year, I'm pretty sick of driving to the Midwest. So I'm over there quite a bit. Yeah, but it, it works out pretty good for us. Cause like I said, just the last four or so years, I've started doing more whitetail hunting myself and, yeah, and it seems it's great because you, you got all, late August and September still to hunt the West. You know, if you do some yep. rifle hunting, you're still in October and then you start hitting that late October, November whitetail season. And to me, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I'm looking to try to pick up another whitetail spot, you, you know, moving forward because I just like to extend the season that much longer. And like you said, it's, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it, it works out well for us that are, that are living or close to the West where we get to get to do all of that. Oh yeah, and and that's what I love about where I'm at here is I mean, I mean I know uh, high country mule deer for Colorado that's a huge thing, uh, but where I'm at my season starts when I draw my mule deer tag here in the plains it starts October 1st and it goes all the way to December 31st yep. and in the particular unit I hunt there's only one rifle season, and it's out by like November 5th or 6th and so I can do all my whitetail stuff and then when I when I get serious about my mule deer here it's that week of Thanksgiving yep. I mean in into the first week of December I mean that's when the rut's the strongest here and that's when the big boys are out cruising the sage flats and coming out of the farm country into the rolling hills and so it's it's living here it just gives me an opportunity to do to do that and enjoy that and then uh, my early part of November latter part of October it's it's yeah it's pretty much whitetail yeah, that, I mean, you made a good point. I, I you know, I, I completely forgot about that eastern eastern plains. I've I've drawn that once in the last couple of years, and um, yeah, that's a great tag too. But it, it's cool, man. I mean, to see the opportunities for for those that you know that just educate themselves a little bit on the different states and the different seasons, and you know, um, it, it's it's really uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And oh, you don't man. have to live so in the much. West, right? You don't have to live in the West no. to, to achieve all that. So No, no. And, and, and that's what's cool. I mean, I, I just finished editing an article today. Um, the guy's actually my buddy. He was here last week. He came. He, he wants to learn to be an outdoor writer. He's from Kentucky. So he spent a week here at my house basically just shadowing me, mentor, you know, doing that sort of thing. He's learning done to write. Things. What's that? Learning to write. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Basically, yeah, he, he's he's learning to write, and then we did manage to get out and kill him a, a, a turkey. You know, we had to get out of the office for a little bit. Um, but uh, he he came out to Colorado four years ago from Kentucky, pretty much totally green to elk hunting, and he's killed four bulls in four year four years out here. Nice. And I mean, and I mean this this is a guy that you know I mean his story is compelling because he's just like, you know, I, I just started doing the research and it's a 22 hour drive, but you know, I save up all year. And I mean, the, the article that he wrote is cool because it just shows so much that, that it is possible. I mean, um, it's possible for any hunter to, to make that trip out West. Cause I know it's a, it's a dream for a lot of guys, but I talk to a lot of guys every year at seminars and stuff. And they're like, well, I'll, I'll never quite get that done. If I'm saving up for an outfitter, this and that, and, and I got nothing against outfitters, but man, we got millions of public acres out here, and and so it's 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 a dream that can be easily achieved. I feel like with 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 the proper planning. Yeah, no, I agree, man. And it's uh, Will's going to come out this year for his first elk hunt. So I'm nice. gonna I'm gonna we're gonna be pouncing around the the mountains uh, for a few days this year. So um, looking forward to that. Just but like you said, animals everywhere. <clears throat> Yeah, no, uh, no, we're hoping to not scare and, and, and be very stealthy, but, uh, um, it's cool, man, because a few years back I brought a friend of mine that I used to shoot a lot of, uh, competitive archery with, uh, and he came out and it was a rifle season, uh, second season rifle hunt, but we got him out and, uh, not sure if you're, you still with us, Jace? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry, your screen froze up on me a little bit here, man. But so I got he he came out and him and and uh, and my one of my uncles they they drew tags and so I was up there with him hunting with him and just to see you know the ex- people experience that for the first time you know and and oh, yeah. hiking the mountains and then being able to tag out he's able to tag out on a bull and it was awesome you know it was just it, that experience of being with friends as that happens for the first time it's it's not as good as seeing your kids shoot something because i got to experience that myself here a couple of weeks ago but right I, the, the turkey that's awesome yeah i appreciate it it's, it's pretty close you know it's pretty cool and um but it, it's just one of those deals like you said just you, you know whether you have a friend out here or not or a family member if you put in the time and you learn and, and you just you study and you pay attention to the details you're going to make some mistakes you know you, you may not tag out the first year but you're going to get an experience if you're prepared and you're in shape and, and you're you're ready as, be, as best you can be. You're going to have a great experience. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And you want to and you want to come back, right? Um, you know, and it's 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 like you said. I mean, the first first couple of years I struck out whitetail hunting on my own. I mean, I went to Nebraska and yeah, I mean, I I did I, I did strike out. I, I just they handed it to me bad. So you know, but it was it was one of those things where it's a learning curve and you just. You just keep pressing and, and learn and, 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 and overcome it. And it's when it does finally happen, it's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, and that's it. That, that's what it's, I mean, for me, getting to, to, to talk with friends and, and share stories and, and learn right. from each other, oh, it, it's, it's like, it's such a pleasurable experience. And, and you getting to put those experiences down on paper and li- listen to other people's, you know, it's, and it, it's, I, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. It really does. You you bring it's, up a good good point too, Jason. One thing I kind of wonder is, there's always a lot of talk of guys going from east to west to hunt, right? But you, as a guy mm-hmm. who's gone from west to east, do you have maybe you know three of your big tips you give guys who are heading that way? That are that are heading from from west to east. Yeah, trying out a new game with whitetail or. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one, one of the things I did was, uh, I try to, I just, first thing I do is I try to find a spot that, 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 that doesn't require a draw. Um, you know, just not, not that I don't want to put in, but I'm kind of that impulsive person that I want to, when I make up my mind to do something, I want to go and I want to do it and I don't want to wait. So, you know, that's why, you know, Iowa I'm applying, but I try to find a state, Kansas, you know, you got to apply Nebraska, Oklahoma, some of these states, South Dakota, North Dakota, a lot of these states you can you can you can buy an over-the-counter tag, and then so that's the first thing I kind of look for is places that I know I can hunt, and then the second thing I do is uh, is I just I mean it, the the websites of of these of the game and fish departments today have, have are leaps light years 
they were. I mean, take Colorado for example. I mean, we've got we've got big game hunt planners now, right? I mean, we've got all these different types of things. But what I do is I just I just jump on and I start looking at uh, harvest ratios, harvest statistics for different counties in the state that I want to hunt, and then look at the av available public land. You know, Nebraska, you can you can grab their 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 walk-in map online and you can basically pull up every stitch of available walk-in ground. And so I just pull that up. I start looking for that public property. I relate it to counties that I've seen high success rates. And then I'll, I'll take a glance in the Pope and Young books and things like that too, um, just to see where, where some of the larger animals have been taken and they make a comparison. Um, and then once I do that, I mean, one thing that my job's taught me is, you know, you can't be afraid to just call somebody on the phone and, and, and get them on the phone. So I, I, I reach out and I call the game and fish department. I just ask for the, the regional or terrestrial biologist for those areas. Um, and uh, I get that person and then I call them and nine times out of 10, my biggest tip for these guys is when you call them, nine times out of 10, they're not gonna answer and that's awesome because they're out in the woods doing what they should be doing. They're doing predation statistics. They're doing um, winter mortality rates. They're flying, they're, they're doing um, fawn reproduction rates, buck to doe ratios. But when they do call you back, you need to be ready to go because the more intelligent you are with your question, and the sharper you are with your questions, the more information they want to give you. So I write down a list of my questions that I have for them ahead of time, just in case they do answer. If they don't answer, I take that and I fold it up and I put it in my wallet because it's always with me. And I promise you when they call you back, it will be at the most unopportune time. Yeah. You'll be, you know, in Walmart with your family in the checkout line or something and your phone will ring and you want to talk to them, but then you get them on the phone and it's like, uh, yeah, um, oh yeah, I, I, can I, and then you're fumbling and they're like, come on, man, you know, their time's valuable. If you treat them like their time's valuable. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten some killer, killer spots, um, whitetail spots from, from terrestrial biologists, just doing that, being prepared and then, you know, letting them know that you're not afraid to do the extra work and, and, and get in there. And pretty soon, I mean, you just, you get turned on to some great locations and, uh, that's how some of my best spots in Nebraska that I've got, um, came from from a biologist that i'm now really good friends with and that that helps that that, that helps so much so that's kind of a long-winded answer but there you go <laughs> no that's good oh, no that's i mean yeah because like you said there's there is opportunities you know people think about colorado as being one of the places or a few places where you can hunt public land and that's not true you know right no gosh there's other states no. that you can go over pick up a tag you know whether online over the counter there's walk-in spots that's yep. i shot my first doe in nebraska the same way you know we went into a walk-in spot and and you know the same thing looked at some maps you know took got a decent idea and i saw a couple small bucks ended up taking a doe it's it's just it was my first whitetail experience and yeah. but it was it was all just just off the cuff just you know like i said yep. It, it wasn't any outfit. It was an outfitter deal. It wasn't a buddy's right. property. It was nothing like that. So, right, right. Um, but right. The, there's opportunities. So, it's, oh yeah, it, you get you get you'll get out of it what you put into it. Like you said, if you're prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I'll say too, Will, is 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 a good tip for somebody that I found out the hard way, for whether it's whitetails or or turkeys. Um, you know, when you're you're going to chase something something out east. Um, one of the first things that I did when I was looking for those public land spots is I looked for the biggest spots because being from the West, bigger means more vast and more area for me to get away from people and go. And, um, but what I found out is it seems like everybody is drawn to those bigger areas and bigger tracts of public land. So what I started doing is looking for those smaller sections. I mean, pockets. um, Oh, pockets, man. Um, and, and, and being that a lot of our, our, our the Midwestern states are a lot smaller in size a lot of those properties are chunked up. I mean, uh, there's a 40 acre parcel in Nebraska that I hunt turkeys on that is just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's 40 acres. So it's something I would have never looked at until I went out and I was like, holy cow, everybody's at these bigger, you know, so I just started looking for those smaller ones that kind of fly under the radar. And, uh, you know, That's the if thing. you Google it, yeah. You know, people care a lot more about the open area of you know your access than the animals do they don't know the difference between what you know you can access and what you can't they're going everywhere sure 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 that's right absolutely 
Absolutely. I think the record, and I'm, I may be wrong, but I think the record for the biggest buck taken with a bow in New York State is somewhere on Long Island. Dang. Yeah, like Suffolk, Suffolk County on Long Island, something like that. And it's like one of those spots that, you know, people, there's not a lot of huge land. Like the Adirondacks is vast. Right. And yet that's right. not where the record comes from. It comes from outside the suburbs. <laughs> you know? Yep, yep, exactly. Exactly. There's uh my buddies from New Jersey and he sent me a picture of their record bear. And it's this huge six hundred pound black bear that was taken outside a suburb in New Jersey. Yep. 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 And and I mean, I don't know, the I feel like in in a in a way, and I don't know, Phil Phil might you know, I don't know, but I feel like here, um, in Colorado, you know, with 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 elk even and and with mule deer, um, some of my mule deer spots in particular, I feel like and and it's partially our fault, like riders' faults, right? That uh, we've kind of beat that go deeper drum so hard that I'm finding a lot more animals in areas closer to two track roads and things that I might that than I did than I did five years ago because I just feel like people are going by them. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with checking those spots out just because it's not seven miles off of a trailhead doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's not going to be a good spot. I mean, if the animals aren't pressured and people aren't there, I mean, they, they don't know that they're seven miles from a trailhead. They just know they're not being bothered and they've got adequate shelter, food, water. Why wouldn't they be there? You know, so it's worth taking a look at. Yeah. The, the spot that I hunted in Mexico last year was very much that. I mean, we went off, off off this dirt road, and cousin, my cousin and I that were hunting, we were chasing some elk, and, you know, we made this long loop, and we come back around, and I look on my GPS, and I'm like, well, it looks like there's a road right up here, and we weren't three-quarters of a mile off a road, you know, when we made this right. big old long right. loop, and yeah. and go to find out, it's like, well, okay, so we, we started accessing that spot a little closer, and where I ended up shooting the bull last year, it wasn't, it wasn't a mile off the road, you know? Right, yeah. And you can, yep. I mean, we hiked for four hours one day making this big, long loop. Um, but at the end of the day, once we've discovered where they were hanging out, it wasn't, like you said, it, it people could have very easily hiked right past and oh, not absolutely. even thought twice. Absolutely. Yep. So, yep. Yep. So, so tell me a little bit. You've got a, you got a Bowtech banner in the background. It looks like you got a Hoyt hanging back there. You just did a, a Matthews review, man. What, what's the deal? You, uh. <laughs> Well, pick your poison for me here, Jace. What, what what are we shooting this year? Well, I'll tell you what. Sorry, this blind's gonna kill me. I'm probably gonna move it over. Um, so that's one of the that's one of the hard things, honestly, about the job is that, you know, um, the Bowtech banner is actually from a, a Possa Park event years ago. They had a they had a hundred yard shoot, um, and they were testing out some of the new Bowtechs, and so we were shooting at a hundred yards, and uh, the winner got to take home the banner. So, you know, nice. that's, 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 that's just kind of in the office there, but, uh, no, the, the, uh, the Hoyt, um, that's my defiant. Um, I get, I don't know, I, I usually get nine or 10 different bows from different manufacturers. And so I try to, I try to do my absolute best to test them all, to shoot them all and to give them all a thorough run. Um, and the hardest thing for me is I like to get familiar with one bow, but, um, I found that, um, I really started focusing on my back tension um, and my and, and my release here about two years ago. I had a real hard struggle with target panic, and so I really took time to to to, to master my form and my release. And so now I feel like I I can switch between bows as long as as long as I stay true to my form and my and my release stays the same and I and and and, and my mechanics are good. So you know this year turkey hunting I, I killed a couple of birds with that uh, with that defiant. Um, and then uh, I killed a couple with uh, with my Matthews. So um, and I'm going on a hunt here in the uh, at the end of uh, end of May for free ranging access and hogs in Texas. And uh, I'm going to take my prime. So um, lots of bows, but uh, I, I like that too. I like being able to test the bows and, and see what. Uh, and I like being able to set up my own gear. I think that's 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 an important aspect um, for for a lot of. For a lot of bow hunters and, and people in this industry, I feel like, you know, um, 
I love being able to set up my own gear, work on my bows, um, time them, tune them. Um, I'm, I'm not an expert by any means, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning all the time because I'm constantly tinkering and tuning and, you know, shooting bare shafts and rotating my knock and trying to get optimal and just pushing, trying to get that maximum accuracy. So, yeah, I, I, I love I love tinkering with, uh, with, 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 all the, with all the new bows every year. It's a, it's a blast. Yeah, so, and, yes. and I agree with you, man. I mean, being able to there, – there's so many nice bows on the market right now. Oh, man, it's I mean, crazy. We, we sell – I mean, here in the shop, I've got uh, – we've got Prime, and we've got Elite, and, yep. and Matthews, and Hoyt, and PSC, and a little bit of Bear. And it's like – I mean, you, you can pick up any different number of bows, and it's like – and customers come in all the time, oh, I don't know, I can't decide. It's like, well, at the end of the day – if I blindfold you and I put them all in your hand, you shoot a couple shots, you should be able to yep. decide that way. You know, it's a good indicator. And at the end of the day, if you narrow down to a couple and you just like the one that went, the way that one looks a little better than the other, yep. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion, you know. No, I, I, I hear you. And and I get a lot of calls too from buddies and stuff like that. You know, I mean, just just asking, hey, man, you shot this, you shot that. What, what's the best? And And it's just, I mean – I haven't shot a bow in the last two years that I wouldn't take into the woods comfortably, you know, and that's the same thing. I mean, I've got a bear hanging right here that I, I hunted most of November with. Um, I love Elite's Impulse 31 for a short axle to axle bow. That thing's a nail driver. I mean, I took it to Texas in, in December of last year. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it comes down more. I, I tell people the same thing. It's, it's more personal preference. You know, it's, it's how it feels when you first put it in your hand. And then, you know, if, if, if it's aesthetically pleasing to you and you think it's uh, maybe this bow is a little, little cooler or, or looks a little different and it, and it, and you like it that way, or you can customize it a certain way you want, you know, you can go with that one. I mean, they these companies are making outstanding bows because if they, if they don't, they're going to get, you know, that's a tough ocean to swim in. You know, yeah, the ocean is. is and if you don't make a good bow, these sharks are gonna these these sharks are gonna swallow you up, you know. So that's the thing. Most of these bow companies are just turning into fire breathing dragons now. Oh just my gosh. pushing each other so hard to push up yeah. better and better stuff every year. Yep, yep. I I, I just it surprises me every year because I've gotten to a point where I'm like, how how much how much better you know? I think we I said this you know two or three years ago, and it's then something happens and it's like. Holy crap! It is a little smoother. You know, the draw cycle is a little better. I've got a question for you. And and yeah. so, do you think that the market will ever permit, or do you think bow companies will ever step back from introducing multiple bow models every year and start stepping back because of that point of, like you said, I agree with you. You can only make a bow so fast and smooth at the same time. You, right. they, they are little small details, and if you've shot long enough, you can pinpoint those. Oh, absolutely. But, but for the average guy, it's hard to 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 actual see see real actual differences from one bow model that's from one year to the next. So, do you think yep. that, or do you think the market's just too far gone the way it's going to, to ever back <laughs> off? And you know, like arrows, you know, you'll see some arrows yeah. on the market for three or four or five years. Yep. And no change. Right. And to me, I kind of like that because if somebody really likes an arrow and they want to shoot it and it does well for them, well, yep. why change? That's I, – I, I, I feel the same way. I mean especially on that. I, I have a certain um, – I have a certain two two arrows that have been my go-to arrows for years, and I love them. They're, they're just – and my release hasn't changed in a year and a half once I started shooting the back tension and really getting into it and once I – you know, learn to hunt with it. And I mean, but I, to answer your question, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if, if bow companies will, will not come out and launch, you know, multiple new models, um, every year. I, I think that, uh, I think I, at least for a while, my opinion is I think we're going to continue to see it. I think we're going to continue to see them have several, you know, they'll, they'll have that one that they brand as their flagship, you know, that's that's their flagship. And it may come in a 33 and a half and a 35 and a half axle to axle and, and have two different variations there. But but I don't I don't know that uh, that we're going to see, um, you know, I, I think we're going to I think we're going to continue to see more um, rather than less. That's just my that's that's my thinking. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, so a, a little example, a couple of years ago, the, when Elite had the, the Energy Series, the 32-35, yep. I was a huge, huge, they made great, those are great bows, right? And they they shot really smooth. 
but then they came out with the synergy and for us being yep. out west it's like man that bow really doesn't have a place for us out here i felt i mean yeah. so for some yeah. people but it's it really yeah. didn't to me it just didn't seem like it was um as fitting and we ended right. up selling more energy 32 and 35s and synergies the second year they were out you know so yep. Yep. That was a good. That was a good. Um, it was. I was happy to see a, a a company. You know, at least open their lineup for a couple of years. And some companies have have started to do that. But like you said, like the Matthews, and, and the Hoyts, and some of the other ones, it's two or three new bows, and then they'll only keep one. You know, for the yep. second year. Yeah. 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 It comes back. But Absolutely. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm I mean I'm in the business of selling bows, so obviously we right. want you know we want to keep selling them, but right. uh, at the same time. Right. It's it's tough because when I talk, I, I'll, my guys tell me sometimes that I'm I'm my own worst salesman in my shop because I'll <laughs> I'll straight I'll tell a customer I'll look at them right in the face and they'll say is this really that much better than that and I'm, no it's not no. you know <laughs> and, really not. but that's okay because I I just feel like I can I can I can go to sleep at night and yeah you I, know I, it, I, I think that's I think that's great man I mean. Yeah. It's 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 a good thing because I mean I've talked to a lot of sh I talked to a lot of pro shop owners at ATA this year and and I talked to a lot of you know I have tons of friends at bow hunt and I did a lot of emails and questions about that very thing you know is this that much better than what I'm looking at and the thing is 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 a lot of these bows that are you know that were a flagship once you know that are now a company's you know budget bow uh, in, in essence I mean it doesn't have the same name but it has those technologies that were that were just that awesome three years ago, you know, that, and, and, and that, that, that bow now has all those technologies, technologies to it. That was a flagship model, you know, just a couple of years back and, and people were killing stuff with, and they were shooting 330 feet per second with and hitting with, with, you know, 70 plus pounds of kinetic energy and felt deadly, you know, shooting, shooting longer distances and practicing at longer distances. And so, you know, it is, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, Oh yeah, man. Um, it's got to be a flagship or nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd be interested to see where it goes. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, that that actually brings up something I was kind of interested in talking to you about. And even outside of bows, what do you think some of the most interesting trends in bow hunting are going to be in the future or are going on right now? Man, it's it's some of it scares me a little bit, I guess. Um, uh, but I think we're going to see more customization. Um, I think from 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 every aspect, uh, you know, I think we're going to continue to see uh, color. I don't I don't I don't know, man. I don't get it. I mean, to to a, to a degree, I get it, but color color options and color is 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 huge, right? And matching everything to your bow, to your rest, to your sights. I mean, everything. And my my buddies always give me a hard time. You know, like here's my Hoyt right here. You know, and here's my I got a, I got a blue, I got a blue G5 peep in there. Um, I've got a pink, um, you probably can't even see it. I got a pink kisser button on it. My strings are yellow. Um, some of my serving that I tied in my rest with is flow green. You know why? Because I'm just using what I have in my little bow shop out there. But I mean, and all my bows are like that. They just, you know, they, if you look at them in pictures, your people are like, I get people email me like, oh man. Why don't you match everything? You know, you're in a position where you can probably order all that stuff. You know, your Matthews dampeners are still black and you could be green and your strings just plain and, and, you know, but I don't know. I don't put a lot of, I don't put a lot of stock in that, but I think, I think color customization is still going to continue to be a huge trend. And the other thing that I see is I think we're going to continue to see, um, broadheads. I know it's crazy. If I was going to, if I was going to start a company, broadheads would be the last thing I'd want to jump into just because the market's so saturated with them. But I think we're going to continue to see, I think we're going to continue to see these hybrids, um, really, I don't know, just, just, I think that's going to be something that we continue to see advance and we're going to see new broadhead designs that are, that are the mixture of an, of a mechanical and a fix. Um, I, I just think we're yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we're going to continue to see it. And I've, I've hunted with one, and I'll tell you, it was awesome. Um, mostly over the last four or five years, I've been a real solid uh, mechanical guy just because out west, I love their flight. Um, I really feel like companies have done a good job with uh, with their blade retention and the penetration issues and uh, even quartering angles and things like that. We just did a huge broadhead test. Um, 
And I mean, we shot everything and it was it was pretty impressive and it was all mechanicals. But I think you're going to see see that. I think broadheads are going to continue um, continue to go that hybrid route where guys are getting the best of all worlds. Um, you know, arrows, I don't know if they can get much slimmer um, than some of them already are. But uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say color. Color, color custom, customization, you know, strings are huge. Guys are wanting, you know, you know, five colors in their strings. And I mean, hey, that's that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think color customization of accessories and that sort of thing. And then um, just in the broadhead arena, I think we're going to see some uh, some some different type of uh, hybrids. Yeah, I agree. How about uh, socially? Is there anything you're seeing out there going on? in the bow hunting community as far as like social media and stuff or just anything on social are... media or media in general any any kind of yeah. uh say not technologically driven yeah just or just not bow hunting. Driven. yeah yeah I, I think there's a huge um i i think man i'll probably get tar tar and feathered for this but uh i think there's a huge um I think public land bow hunting and do-it-yourself bow hunting. I mean, it's 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 a big deal, but I think I think it's going to get even bigger. I think um, I think that people are getting. I think for a while we kind of lost touch with. Um, I think we kind of lost touch with uh, with with everything the the, the the television craze. I'm just going to say it. The television craze, kind of. I think we lost touch with uh, you know people seeing you know, all these awesome hunts and hunts that I've got to go on. And I feel very blessed to get to, to, to have gone on some of those and do those types of things. But I think we, 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 we need to get back to um, our issue that we're working on right now. It's a public land only issue. I think that a lot of people, when I watch some hunts on TV today, still, I look at that and I go, that's awesome, but I'm never going to get to do that. Chances are I'm never going to get to do that. So how can I relate to that? You know, how can I relate to planting 5,000 acres of beans when I don't own an acre? You know what I mean? Um, so I think we're going to see, I would like to see, and I'm getting a lot of emails and I'm getting a lot of, um, you know, push with the magazine. I, I really feel like we need to kind of get back to the roots of, of bow hunting and the pure joy of it and doing it yourself and doing it on, on public land or doing it on land you have access to. You know, there's nothing, in my opinion, I mean, public land bow hunting is great, but if you own property or if you go beat on a door, that's great too. I mean... I just, um, I just think that, uh, I think that it's, it's, it's something that it was kind of, it kind of got as a lost deal for a while where I think we kind of lost touch with, uh, just, just with bow hunting in general. And it kind of exploded into this, uh, huge, huge, huge state. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, when I go bow hunting, I just want to be in the woods. I, I want to shoot what makes me happy. You know, I, my buddies rib me about it all the time and, and, and stuff like that. But to this day, I mean, it might be the first day of a six-day hunt in Kansas and a 120-inch deer will walk under me, and I'll shoot him. <laughs> Why? Because it made me happy, and it, it, and it tripped my trigger, and, and it, it got me shaken, and I made a great shot, and I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what, uh, that, that, it, that it wasn't 150, and I don't care that he wasn't four and a half. And, you know, I mean, if you're managing deer and stuff like that, that's awesome. Do it. But when you're on public ground or hunting ground, you got permission with, you got eight days to make it happen. You know, I like to eat meat and I, I like to, I like to fill tags. And I mean, I guess I'm still kind of, kind of, uh, old school in the fact that I, I just like to see my arrows plop through stuff. <laughs> oh, no. And so, like you said there too, though, getting back to, not having to seek approval of other people for for what we do, right? Yep. Because yep. at the end of the day, if if a 120 inch deer is what trips your trigger and, and what is what's going to make that equation balance out at the end of the day, right? I got meat in my freezer. Right. I had a great experience. I don't care what yeah. the, the antlers look like or the horns That's or whatever, right? right? That's right. And uh, it's it's I'm 100 percent the same way, and it's it's something that uh, my you know the sheep hunt we talked about earlier was. A, perfect example you know yeah i went out and i looked for a unit that was going to give me the most successful odds to draw that's right it wasn't the most forgiving unit to hunt there wasn't nope. the biggest trophies in that unit um <laughs> but it, it it my odds were correct and i drew with the points i had and and it was probably to to date 
one of my favorite two hunts I've ever been on, you know? Right. And right. I, I, you know, the, the, the ram I shot was mature. It wasn't trophy by any means, but you know what, man, I'd do it again, you know, in a heartbeat. Oh, God. Yeah. And I mean, when I saw it, that's why the first thing I asked you today, right? When we yeah. weren't doing this, I said, yeah. I want to know about your sheep. Because when I saw it on Facebook, I knew I'd been all over that country. I know the unit you hunted and it is, it is torture. I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like getting that ram out of there, honestly. And I mean, it, that's, that's why we, I don't know. That's, that's what I forget. And that's, I mean, I'd never really totally answered Will, Will's question probably because I get excited and then I get scatterbrained and, and, but I just get really passionate about, you know, I mean, I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, that's, that's what it should be about. You know, I mean, it should be about, you know, you put in the work, you drew the tag, you went in, you got it done, and you came out with, with, with something that made you happy. I mean, in our public land issue that goes to press on Monday, my article in that issue is two does that I shot on a public land hunt on in Oklahoma this year on a, a early October season where we went and camped. And, but, I mean, we there was four of us that went, and we killed four, four does, and we got shots at turkeys, and we had a camp and we cooked on, you know, we grilled out and it was just, um, it was awesome. And when I get a chance at a great buck and it comes along, fantastic. You know, I, I've been fortunate to kill some good animals, but for the most part, I mean, if I go out there and it makes me happy and I mean, I'm shooting. <laughs> so yeah, yeah criticism for me here, man, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that, it's that appreciating the moments and the experience and, you know, your learning and, you know, just enjoying it all and taking it all in. Yep. Yeah, my, my dad jokes around because he's, you know, one of the units we elk hunt, it, there's good potential for elk in there. And right. there's a couple of years where I shot some, you know, decent bulls, 260 to 280 class, which is good, right? But the Great. Right, but the trophy potential is 300 plus in this unit. Right, and so you're never right. going to shoot one of those bigger bulls if you keep shooting those smaller ones. And I said, you know what? <laughs> one of these days, one of those bigger bulls is going to make a mistake, and that's just what's going to happen. But until yeah. that day comes, when I get a good shot on a on on one of these other ones, I'm I'm shooting. You know, oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. So, absolutely. You get me in front I of a doe, I get all jacked up. <laughs> well, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. That's like. <laughs> social crate man that's what we're doing i mean that's why we're out there when it quits doing that i mean it just i mean what what's the what's the point i mean we we went to nebraska this year my first turkey hunt this year I, i've killed a pile of turkeys with my bow over the years i love it i'm addicted to hunting them and we're hunting on my buddy my buddy's property his dad his dad owns the place um and i've hunted it before i hadn't got to go back and i mean right off the bat i mean we have like four jakes coming across the field and there's some toms off to our left and the toms just aren't acting right. I mean, but these jakes, you know, they, they, they're all bunching up and wanting to come in and, and, uh, he's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to shoot this Jake. I'm going to shoot one of these jakes. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. And then, so you can hear him on the camera. Like, as these jakes come in, I start to draw back and he goes, Oh, you're really going to shoot one, <laughs> you know? And then we, we shoot a Jake and, and we laugh about it and everything like that. And I said, I, I'm sorry, man. I said, well, I can't help it when it comes to turkeys, you know? I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that, uh, I think we, I think we need to appreciate the fact that, uh, that we get to do this, that we, that we get to go and we get to bow hunt. And that's a, that's something that I would tell somebody that's, that's new or getting into this is you can burn out, man, you can burn out in a hurry because the expectations set upon us that you can allow to be set upon yourself are so great. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that expectation of, you know, it's my first year in the whitetail woods and I need to kill a four and a half year old and he needs to be 150. And, and if that's what trips your trigger and you want to hold out for that, that's fine. But I'm just saying, don't, don't burn out, you know, go out there and, and, and do what makes you happy. And, and if you are, if you are in your home state and you're holding out for a monster buck and you start to get that whitetail burnout, you know, you've been in a stand for two weeks and it just isn't happening, you know, bounce to a neighboring state and buy a tag and go hunt public land and go kill a doe, right. you know, just, just go kill one. And, and it takes the pressure off. It rejuvenates you. You know, you kind of get your joy back and then you can go back home and hunt for that monster. Got buck. The food. But don't, don't, don't get burned out. Don't get burned out. Yeah. I, uh, another thing I wonder is with your readership, are you seeing an increase now of newer, uh, older hunters who 
maybe hearing someone like Joe Rogan or, you know, picking up on hunting from somewhere else that, you know, maybe didn't exist before and are now getting right. into hunting later in life than somebody who starts out, you know, from, you know, seven years old to 13 years old, yeah. you know, raised by their dad yeah. or mom, whoever. Yep. You know, and, and I am, and we are, I'm getting a lot of emails. Um, our readership ranges, but, you know, I think for the, for, for our younger crowd, um, you know, digital's huge. You know, we get a lot of stuff on our website um, and a lot of responses I've noticed on our website are in that uh, 16 to 25 range. Um, and then another thing, I mean, podcasts, podcasts are huge. These things are great. You know, you guys doing these podcasts, you know, Joe doing his podcast, all these different podcasts because people are listening to them and then it's like, wow, archery is cool. You know, um, I, I've been in, I've been in pro shops and this is really cool. And, and, and Phil, you've probably maybe seen this too. I mean, where, where kids are wanting to come in and have their birthday party mm-hmm. at, at the pro shop, they want to rent gear and they want to shoot. You know, I mean, social media, I mean, you know, there's three girls in a, in a, in a pro shop. Uh, um, Jay Mackinich at the ATA was telling me, he said, you know, I was at a pro shop and there was three girls in there and they're, they're, they're Instagramming pictures of them shooting, you know, these bows that they rented. Pretty soon three more girls walk in, you know. And so, I mean, I think it's uh, – I think the potential for growth in archery is, 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 is exciting. I think it's, I think it's huge. I've I've um, got an article I I I think you'd be or a bow shop you'd be very interested in writing an article about and it's not Phil's although Phil's very interesting <laughs> and as we've said before very sexy but it's not Phil's right. stuff. <laughs> okay. We yeah, could, so okay. we could talk about yeah. it after, but it's it's uh, okay. you know for those the people who have listened, it's Gotham Archery in Brooklyn, and okay. all the things we just talked about with these new hunters and the Instagram and I mean they're adults having full fledged birthday parties at these places. Oh yeah, man. I mean it's 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 cool. I mean, and, and some of them will never go into the bow hunting woods, and that's fine. And I hope a lot of them do. But as long as they're as long as they're finding something, you know, archery is such. It's just it's, it's, it's a, a beautiful sport. It's so fun. I don't I don't know how to explain it, man. It's just a blast. So so I mean we we've got I've just got a few minutes left, Chase. But I wanted yeah. to talk to you. Additionally, you're a fitness guy, man. I see you running all over the place. Like you yeah. mentioned earlier, you, you yeah. get your running every day, and yep. uh, I mean it seems like that's also a trend over the last three to five years that has really just yeah. picked up speed, and people are appreciating. Being fit for hunting, the value. Yeah. What's your? Yep. T- what, I mean, what's your two cents on that? You know. You know, um, my my two cents on on it is for me now it's 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 become it's become a must. I know it doesn't have to be a must for everybody, but I've gotten to the point where I've seen in my success rates the the more physically fit I am, and 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 I'm not going to say especially out west. I'm going to say the more physically fit I am. Um, east or west, I'm mentally sharper in a tree stand. You know, I can stay in that ground blind an additional four hours. Um, I can I can go a little bit farther. Um, I can hunt six days in a row on a whitetail hunt, getting up and sitting dawn to dark without taking a day off in between because my body's ready for that. Um, so, you know, I, I think we kind of pigeonhole that as to, you know, it's the Western thing, you know, to, to be in really good shape. But I get just as much advantage of being in top physical shape for my Western hunting as I do hunting Midwest or, or out East or anything. I mean, I think across the board and I mean, it's just a healthy lifestyle too. I mean, I love doing this stuff and the healthier, healthier you are, I feel like the longer you can do it, you know what I mean? And so for me, it's just become a part of my everyday, what I do. Um, I set new goals for myself, um, uh, barriers I want to break down and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, it's something, it's definitely, uh, something that's, you know, starting to, to, to entice a lot of people. Um, and you know, my, my, my encouragement would be just, just to find whatever level you want to do it at and, and get comfortable with it. And then if you want to progress to something else, do it. If you want to just stay in that zone where you're feeling good and, and, and maybe, you know, it's, it's training two times a week and that's what you want to do. Good for you, man. That's two times a week that, that you're training. If you want to get really serious about it and, and, and boost it up, good for you. But, you know, I don't think um, I think that everybody has to find their own niche um, with with the fitness game. And uh, you know, I know a lot of a lot of buddies and stuff around here. Um, 
you know, with, with running and stuff like that, they've hit me up and, you know, want to, want to go and do start doing, you know, writing out programs and stuff like that. And I love doing stuff like that. Cause I love seeing people get excited about anything they're passionate about. So for me, I think it's, um, personally now I, I'd call it a must for me and for, for, for my success and my mental preparation to go in and, and do what I need to do during a long season. Yeah, it's, 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 I agree with you, you know, with the, 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 it's not just a Western thing. And it's something that, like I said, as I've started doing more whitetail hunting the last few years, I had to mentally prepare myself to sit in a tree stand, you know, oh man, <laughs> it, it was the very first, like the fir- first buck I shot, which was a few years back. And it was on, it, it was on a friend's property. who has got private property in Nebraska. And, and, you know, yeah. my first sit of the first evening, the first buck that came running by, he got an arrow in him. And I was yeah. done, you know, and then that next year I said, you know what, I'm going to hold out for a little bit longer. I'm going to sit in that tree. And like I said, it was months of literally mentally preparing myself for that. Oh, yeah. But the physical part of the training and everything else, it helps you with all that. So, yeah, it does. Great point. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. But, you know, I think everybody everybody needs to find, find the, the workout that's and, and the program that's right for them. You know, it doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be lifting. It doesn't have to be, you know, you can swim, you can bike, you can hike, you know, walking two or three times a week is better than nothing. I mean, just CrossFit, uh, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. CrossFit. You Phil's, know. Phil has Good his own, uh, Phil's got his own boot camps going on now at the archery shop. Yeah. I saw, I saw, I saw it on the, I was looking at your website the other day and, and I yeah. think that's, Man, that's 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 cool because I mean, why why not, right? Oh yeah, and and we've got I mean, there's so many people that, that, that like now the last couple we've done, you know, it's 12, 13 people regularly coming in on a Sunday morning, and and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, if there was two or three people, we'd do it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's there's some you know, it's just 12 to 15 people come in, and and like you said, it's like-minded people. You get to talk a little bit about bow hunting or whatever else and you get to work out and and you just it's, it's a great you know it's a great little addition that we do but you know um i i i apologize i mean I, i'm gonna have to cut the cut it short here because i've no, got a I class i gotta get to we'll have to get you on again jace because there's so many other topics that I, that we can definitely just burn through an hour quickly of talking about we, we have guests that are way too interesting <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hope I'm one of those. Well, I mean, I, I definitely love we don't have people on who aren't. <laughs> all of them. No, They're all just way too interesting. And I love to do it again with you guys. Jace, do you like supplements? What's that? Do you like supplements? Oh, absolutely. You know what I love? When I don't you have to mountain. pay full price for those supplements. <laughs> I'm you looking know, at your hat and I see mountain off. So hey, you know I don't know if they advertise in your magazine or not or how these things work, <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, if you are like me and do not like paying full price for your supplements, you right. can use the coupon code NBH20. Even you, Jace, you can use this code just because you're in the industry. Awesome. It does not preclude you from using it. So if you want to okay. get 20% off your purchase next time at Mountain Ops, all you got to do is do what, Phil? Type in the code NBH20. That's right. Do as Big Sexy's alluring voice tells you. And NBH20. NBH20. Like Not only that, as we talked about earlier, Jay said it, uh, uh, customizations becoming bigger and bigger in this industry. Right? Oh, yeah. And there is one binocular company out there that's going head and shoulders above everyone else when it comes to customization. And I know longtime listeners of the show are well aware that that binocular company is Maven Optics. And if you go to mavenoptics.com. Mavenbuilt.com. Mavenbuilt.com. Thank you, Phil. That's why Phil's here. (laughs) Keep things running smooth. Mavenbuilt.com. When you... Buy a pair of binoculars, you enter the code NBHGIFT at checkout, and they're going to send you some free Maven swag. Nice. Yeah. Yes, sir. You can use that too. I mean, maybe you're not getting, you know, nine free binoculars a year like Jace. <laughs> <laughs> you need some new ones that you're buying yourself. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Give it a shot. Or Jace, if you don't have any Mavens and, you know, you want to see what they're all about, have them max your coat of many colors bow, you know. Right. 
optimized. Yeah, absolutely. As long as they can match pink, yellow, green, blue, orange. Believe it or not, you know. they can. They can. I've gone on there just to see how many different colors I can throw on a pair of binoculars, and you can do a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. They even have camos like Cryptek and uh, Kuyu. Yeah. We'll have to talk to them about getting that first light XD because that's hot. That's a hot pattern. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Jace, man, it, good talking with you, catching up with you a little bit. Like I said, we'll, we'll touch base again soon.